0: Dad bod, rat pod, by the time you read this, I will be fucking 40-something. Today is my birthday. Today's your birthday? Shut shut the fuck up.
1: Adult birthdays are ridiculous, but happy
0: birthday. Hey, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, thank you. Oh, man. I I used to think like you did, like, I, I think gratuitous Adult birthdays are ridiculous, but birthday like birthday weeks, for instance. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, don't get into that, but I'm getting as many free drinks as I can this weekend. <laughs> That's kind of it's a whole, it's a whole process. Right on! Happy birthday, bud. Yeah, thank you, man. thank you. So it is my birthday. It is Cutsos birthday. Right. Uh, it is Drake's birthday. It is Madlib's birthday. Oh, and it is Tila Tequila's birthday. Oh, so shout out to the birthday <laughs> twins, the quintuplets.
1: It's not Cutsos birthday. Yeah, no, oh, it's like the twenty third or something nope. like that.
0: Nope, look at me, look at me when I'm talking to you. Cuzo's birthday is October twenty fourth. Oh, we, this okay. Has been, this has oh, been. Oh, I hype.
1: forgot. We're okay.
0: Got it, I Nate. Got it, it. Nate. I We're it. in future fake radio world. I get it. I get it. I get oh, it. I get it. Oh no! If today today was my birthday, I would have been on that. <laughs> okay. I'd have been it. like, "Where's my cake, motherfuckers?" Yeah. It's
1: actually funny because I don't care about astrology or birthdays, but two of my best friends, Paulo Kutso, and mm-hmm. Hago, have the birthdays one day apart from each other. Yeah,
0: it's Scorpio season, bitches. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not for everyone; only the sexy people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes. So we're we're out here, uh, still alive. Um and, you know, I'm on a pretty, you know, successful podcast. It's moving along here. We're, we've been doing great things, having great interviews. Today is no different. Um, I like legit hip-hop books. There's a lot of shitty ones. Absolutely. If you ever, if you spend 10 minutes in a public library, there I saw Kendrick Lamar maybe 70 page book and it's the type of book that you would read in fourth grade because right, you had to do a right. fucking book report that's funny yeah so there's a bunch of those shits mm-hmm. um, it just all right <laughs> 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 oh man uh yes so i um i see those quite often um there's a lot of m M&M books unfortunately Oh man what what are you gonna say i know that he I know. hasn't said right, right. yeah right. so there, like, there's just chapter it, three fuck you debbie <laughs> right right and it, as
2: it, as if hip hop doesn't have a trove of of fucking history to, to go yeah, through yeah yeah right and I it's mean? it's really
0: under examined right, as right. You, it, when you compare it to like rock and jazz like oh, absolutely. there's there's hasn't been a lot of what i would call like real writing right. not like kind of puff glamour glamour stuff yeah. and so it was really cool to have uh ben on the show today to talk about his book going off Ah, uh, the story of the Juice Crew and Cold Chillin' Records, mm-hmm. which is such an iconic record label and an era, absolutely, and an aesthetic, and just everything. Even you say Cold Chillin', and anybody uh, who knows anything about hip hop, you all, you just get it's like tingles. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally, mm-hmm. fucking Cold Chillin'. And
1: like, could not be more my shit. Like, totally, I, I love Cool G Rap. I love Biz Marquis. Right, right. Dave and I had a Tuesday night DJ night party for many years. Called Cold Chillin' mm-hmm. and like got a bunch of like art commissioned and mm-hmm. stuff. Like we, mm-hmm. the, like Cold Chillin' is like our fucking vibe. One hundred percent.
2: One of my favorite, uh, some of my favorite interviews have been with like members of the Juice Crew. Uh, when I went to uh, DJ Shadow's house and I did a little interview, uh, he was super geeked out about all the Warner Brothers Cold Chillin' gear that he had, like all this ephemera. Oh. And I have a picture with him holding this uh, Cold Chillin' candle. It's pretty. It's what? really weird. Yeah, hot chilling. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, like they made all kinds of shit. I mean, they they had some budgets back then, so they were just
0: making cold chilling candles. Yeah, dude? it's yeah. so interesting yeah, that it's, it's
1: like it's it's Warner Brothers, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. Totally. It's, it's a, a major it's subsidiary. a major label, yeah. but
0: but for for that period of time, it definitely felt like you you associated it with the best artists in hip hop. Absolutely. I, and I feel like, um, I feel like Def Jam. You know, it's it it gets its props. You Mm. know what I mean. And I think Cold Chillin' is probably much more known. And I think
1: because of the absurdly great decision that Russell made to do like deaf comedy, Mm -hmm. deaf Mm -hmm. poetry, like it it expands the brand. Expanded the brand. They made movies, and they went
0: well into the 2000s of like relevant shit. Yeah, for for sure. And I I know you
1: could definitely say they're relevant now. Like Def Jam artists are like, like Kanye is on. Def Jam. I, there's no more labels. <laughs> I mean, as in terms
0: of like label sound, like there's no more labels. Label everybody, sound, everybody totally is signed you. to the Universal Galaxy of Warner Brothers conglomerate, right. BMG. So, but Cold Chillin' was an era where record labels had sounds, right? Like, so there's there's definitely a Cold Chillin' sound which is anchored um, around uh, Molly Mall at first, and yeah. and Ben kind of gets into that. To that type of lineage, and also these really iconic voices. When I think of Cold Chillin', I'm thinking of some of the most iconic mm-hmm. characters totally. in the history of rap. Well, it's it's funny that it,
2: it it's um, it aligns with Warner Brothers because I feel like they're so cartoonish. Ah. You know what I mean? It's um, a Bismarcky, obviously. Wow. It was like a walking right, cartoon. Right, you know right. what I mean? And then and then wow. you have the sniper of. Cool G rap And then you have like The the ladies man uh,
0: Performer of uh, Big Daddy Kane It's just
2: Roxanne Chante I mean it's You go on and on It's crazy
0: Totally Yeah Yeah No that's That's definitely It it was that era Of being a character I remember When Jay Z was talking about Trying to get A record deal in 96 Everybody was like You have no character Mm. You have no And and I think it's a reference To who really solidified That was this Era of cold chilling Where you had The clown prince Of Bismarck Right um Big Daddy and Cool G Rap, who you could argue from just a technicality standpoint, Absurd. character aside, kind of really moved rap forward totally. in yeah. terms of, of how we, we think about the, totally. the genre now. And then one of my favorite interviews that we did was was with Roxanne Chante Absolutely. and kind of her her place in hip hop, um especially with her iconic diss record and uh so much, so so much. Um but let's Let's kind of walk through some of our uh some of our classic favorite cold chillinist uh records that, that we loved. Nate, Nate I'll as go, as I'll the go
1: first. I'm uh I'm looking at their discography now and like I besides kinda like maybe Shan, maybe TCF mob, which I didn't really realize was on there, besides the, the, the TCF crew, sorry. Um and besides like a couple things. I love everything. It's hard. Totally. It's like, this totally. is like a embarrassment of riches. And speaking of which great segue by me, um, I'll go road <laughs> to the riches.
2: Nice.
0: Be a Man. So,
1: if you ask me, like what I like about hip hop, like that—that's pretty much it. It's just like Absolutely. insane pen game, mm-hmm. speed, dexterity, uh, rhyming hard
0: through his list. Right, just mm-hmm. like
1: great attacking beat, like just iconic, loud, just like you know.
0: Also, you're a big Billy Joel fan, exactly. <laughs> so so <laughs> that, that,
1: that
2: that really ties in on that. that, oh, man, that the, the that piano hits. sample on that off the hook. It's so, just the killer.
0: Hook. No, and I remember my kind of connection to especially road for the riches and, and the song that i'll bring up is through videos yeah so i definitely really connected um to when you say road to the riches i'm like oh shit i can see the video in my mind and i do remember as a young nascent wannabe rap person um the the density of of the opening bar when i was when I was five years old, I realized there was a goal at the end. I would win lots of pots to go. I was like, yo. Yeah.
3: He you know." he just keeps going. And he just keeps going. Yeah. So
0: after being used to hearing people kind of like end everything at the end of the bar to see this kind of multi, this is it's kind of where uh, I feel Nas kind of takes off from, from that sure. point. It seems like sure. he's kind of grabbing that baton. Like, why end it? Like right. Like if, right. if
1: you have a good thing going just keep going. Yeah, right. so he
0: he definitely kind of innovated this what I would call circles um mm. where he would just kind of take the rhyming word and take it all the way around the right. block. You're multiple. not sure where it ends. Yeah, you're like, you "Oh know? my god." And then the voice, you know, I think the Lisp definitely added something to it. Absolutely. Like, um, oh, it great.
1: I think uh the just like number of internal rhymes per minute totally with cool g rap is probably just as high as anyone in this right, in this regard right and i think um he's he's just like an mc's mc sure like you mm-hmm. have to respect absolutely cool g rap and the fact totally. that they had him and like it's such a bright sunny aesthetic like i didn't get into this with ben but i probably talked to dave about this a hundred times they have the best stock 12 inch sleeve in right. the world like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. shade of blue that shade of mm-hmm. pink that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. script is just like fucking beautiful right, right and it's like you can see it from across the room we're looking at a bunch of spines right. of records right now you could find you could find Schubert the culture totally. immediately you know it's actually Absolutely. funny um for I have, like have this weird thing with Trick Daddy, and the Slip and Slide sleeve is also like that. Oh. Like you, like there's this little part in the T section of my rap section where you're like, "Damn, somebody likes Trick Daddy." Like it's just like this. this like, he loves the kids. Yeah, this. Nora, he don't, we don't know when the world's gonna end. Right. Um, <laughs> there's one thing I know. I'm yeah, more this, of a Trina guy. Is, as my, my the Slip and, and slide. slide sleeve right. stands out, as does the Cold Chillin' sleeve, and just the way they did the blocky kind of like half pink, half purple is just like, it's a big part of the appeal to me. And where I'm going with this, I promise I have a point, is that his later stuff is all like mafiosi and dark. Sure. Mm-hmm. But sure. when he was on Cold Chillin', he, di- he did stay within the aesthetic, even yep. though you have some like pretty hardcore songs. 100%. Um, but through like his like relationship with Polo and like just like the aesthetic of it, mm-hmm. he's, he was very much an integral part of the juice. Group. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, Sunny Absolutely. Samples and everything as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely.
2: Uh, I would go with, uh, for my pick, I'm going to go with an easy one, Uh, Make the Music with Your Mouth, Ah, Biz. ah. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to choose that one because I feel like the the big uh, Juice Crew standout, or, you know, Biz Marquis standout is just a friend, and that would sort of be the sort of cutty one, but it's not even that cutty. But, I mean, look, I mean, I love the beat as soon as it comes in. Um, It's catchy. Um, It has, like, a weird echo effect. And also, you know, on topic of... um, uh, Juice Crew and their aesthetics, the cover art. I mean, I can picture that right now, you know, with the with the with the lettering and him jumping and stuff. Totally. Amazing.
0: Why not go with you? Girls get excited. Well, they hear my lyrics, they wanna recite. I'm I know you in the mood. Just go with the float, and I can play rapper records and all this
1: I um. I love all of Biz Marquee's mannerisms I'm such a huge fan of his but my favorite Biz Marquee thing is when he's doing his beatboxing and he takes I'm not going to take the mic out of the stand and do it but like he does this thing where he takes the mic and he puts it on different parts of yes, his body when he's yes. like yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes that's so fucking cool to me I, I, anytime <laughs> I have a mic right in my hand and I'm no one's around I always do that or I, I'll like do it jokingly to my wife I'll be I like, have it on the side of
0: my neck right and, <laughs> <laughs> As I try to remember if this is Nate's mic or not. <laughs> Where has this been? Oh, uh, that explains <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I think Make the Music is like, he makes this like weird donkey sound at some right, point. Right, and, totally. and to me, that kind of captures uh, uh, an innocence in the genre that is just no longer 100%. there. 100%. That's like, the other
2: thing with like Juice Crew, sorry to cut you off. I mean, they have such an innocence. Yeah, in in
0: a lot
3: of way, even though it was tough, it it was very playful. Yeah, but they
1: were they were like cutting like the sample chapter that Ben sent us, chapter seven, like um, talks about the making of the symphony, and it's Mm -hmm. like kind of like not to spoil anything. I think you know everybody kind of knows this. Implicitly, like they They kind of weren't fucking with Master Ace yet, like, right? He was they a were, new yeah, guy, right? right and right. like they were all like protective of their like mm-hmm. positions with yes. Marley and right, like right. 100%. The record label, and I, I find that all very interesting. Like, you just assume everybody's friends, yeah, yeah, no, but I, but, um, it's hardly ever like that.
2: I interviewed uh, Master Ace uh, earlier this year, and I he told me that at the beginning he was their driver, he was just like the cat who was driving them around, Damn, you know, Uber the- Ace. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> lifter ace yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know it's uh they're like a loose affiliation but like the best crew ever i know pre Wu Tang. Totally. yeah
0: yeah it's it's interesting because like you mentioned right all the kind of politics under it but just to show you how bright and sunny rap was then they all got cowboy outfits on <laughs> right. and, did, and did the <laughs> symphony right. video right you know what right. i mean again which kind of stands out in my mind and kind of for me as as a as a rapper um this whole kind of concept of like they just had nine dudes just go. Totally. You know what totally. I mean? And, and to my mind, that was my first time, you know, because I didn't grow up on, like, you know, the Cold Crush or something like that. I'm used to the three-minute, like, rap song, totally. chorus. Yes, But they just came through with bars, Um, and I remember feeling like, oh, Craig G is from another universe. Totally. Like this, totally. He's, a, he's a rapper's rapper, right? And yeah. I think you had a bunch of guys on there trying to outdo each other. Totally. Which was just an amazing vibe. They had such an eye for entertainment. If it wasn't, like,
2: Cowboy... Cowboy uh, costumes. It was like lab coats and beakers. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, fucking uh, fantastic.
1: It's kind of apocryphal. I've never actually heard anyone that I uh, maybe this is in the book. I hope so. Um, that Cool G Rap would just rap until the tape snapped. <laughs> like he would it, just yeah, like he would I rap until it. they ran out of if stuff. Anyone and I'm just like, you could believe? I want to yeah. hear that. Dude. Totally. Like, um The traffic did. Um, C- Double CD reissues of some of the early Cold Chill and stuff, especially the Cool G Rap stuff, was really interesting to me. Mm. And it had like radio appearances yes, and like yes. really awesome stuff. It's like the kind of thing that makes me wish I still had a CD player. Like, totally. It's like, you know, Saturday afternoon, let's listen to some old radio totally. spots for uh. Cool G Raps Cars song because <laughs> wow. that's the kind of nerd that I am totally. and um, it's like
2: dude and they have Big Daddy Kane it's like it's ridiculous. so funny how like because R- I'm such ridiculous.
1: a big Cool G Rap and Biz Marquee fan it's like in, on any other label Big Daddy Kane would be my dude right, totally. he's such a genius like total genius he's just amazing at what he does and like it, to me it's just be, maybe because of the like kind of like Loverman persona mm-hmm. which doesn't really speak to me right. as much as these guys who are just rhymers he just he's not my favorite guy which just sounds that. weird to say because I, he's so great.
2: Yeah, well, I don't. I don't want to see him like shirtless in a towel, like with a purple cover. You know, like, no. Th- that's so I should <laughs> put a shirt on. <laughs> Shit. All but right. I mean, fine. But, but dude, he was an entertainer. So you listen to these cane tracks, and it's like, okay, on top of like being perfectly um uh, delivering it perfectly, dude's doing the Running Man, 100 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> during, true. During. No, that's true. While you know, he was doing yeah. it, 100 no, miles don't. and Running Man. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Wrong coast. <laughs> oh man. No, I. I kind of feel like uh, I'll catch uh Ain't No Half Steppin um somehow anytime I'm in a rental car with the satellite <laughs> radio um and the the two verses the two the first two verses of that song are absolutely perfect and can be said today and are absolutely perfect like Big Daddy Kane as a like a technician of diction. raps of of diction and where things fell he wrote the beat what I love about um Ain't No Half Steppin is It's not him um, rapping at one hundred, you know, ten BPMs. It's really in the pocket. It's a it's a super dope sample, but um, for me, kind of that's foundational. Like this is how you build a rhyme scheme. Totally. And so to have all those people in one uh, label Mm -hmm. uh, is just it's insane. Although you know it, it. it happens with rap. Somehow, there's these clusters, right? Because right? you think about a Wu Tang, mm-hmm. you think about maybe uh, peak Death Row, which had to be insane. Um, some there are these times when like talent really pulls together, and maybe Cold Chillin' is the first kind of real amalgamation. I mean, mm. Def Jam obviously has a sure, has a sure. has something to say about that, but it just it felt you you felt this commonality amongst mm-hmm. all these different voices it felt
2: like a roster
0: like a right. hand picked roster you know what i mean so so ben's book um, oh, is dropping dude, on the first what about your track oh my track is the symphony
4: want you hear the capital a, rap it'll stay a. with you for a while it won't go
0: away you force it away again talk about it a <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. You know, i'm a good host of a podcast yeah <laughs>
0: Talk about, tell me about a time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think the symphony for me is so foundational in part because of the video and in part because it, I think it introduced me to the idea of the posse. Totally, cut. totally. The posse uh, exactly. cut was a was not necessarily a concept that I had at that time. Absolutely. Uh,
1: did they do the Wild West theme because of it being a posse cut and like posse being like a part oh, of the shit. like parlance
0: of old Westernness? Holy
2: shit! I uh, when I talked to Master Ace, it didn't sound like that. It okay. sounded like a last minute decision. Okay. Well, but but the but I get the posse connection. But the the piano. Shout out to Melvin Van Peebles Jr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's that kid's name? And Zeus or no like... so
1: the uh, the uh, Who's the guy who made uh, New Jack City? It's, um, it's it's Melvin Van, Van Peebles' the Dad. But who's yeah. what's his name? Damn. Now I, I don't remember. And,
0: and I and I remember his. He had a show in the eighties called Sunny Spoon. Who the fuck it is it? Mario Van Peoples. Mario Van Peoples. You can't get your new jack trivia past me. Um, he made that movie Posse. Remember Yeah, like, he no did. Man. He of did. Course. No, there and, was and a Zeus weird Pre-pre Little <laughs> Nas. True? Yeah. Wow. Zeus, the wrestler. No, right, no, no. Right. no okay. Yeah. The Greek <laughs> God. He <was> in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Father of Athena. Right. <laughs> Pre-Little Nas X, there was a weird. A uh, rap cowboy thing. thing that happened in in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That well, she, no, yeah, it's another so per- dot X Wild. I cowboys. was just gonna say, yeah. and then it's like a dot X with Wild Cowboys. Another person with an X in their name. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. So he, he he he. Uh, That's he, his dad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought Nas was his
0: dad. This is confusing. <laughs>
2: Holy <laughs> crap! Nas and Malcolm X were his dad. Oh <laughs> man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so the symphony great uh yeah great great song um and you know again there's a handful of songs that are just foundational to who i consider myself to be as an artist and that's one of them i would love and i don't know if this happens in the book but i'm always interested and i asked O'Connell this question when he was on on the program about live at the barbecue of who thinks they got it, who thinks they killed that, like, who feels like, who feels like they won, like, in their heart of hearts, maybe they never really admit it, but I will say right now, and this is wild to say on a track that features Big Daddy Kane, I think it's, it's Master Ace and Craig G are like one and one A on that song, but go ahead, listen to it yourselves, Um, make your own designations on on who killed it, but it's obviously a great song. So,
1: uh, there's this thing lingering in the back of all this discussion about the Juice Crew and Cold Chillin' and there's like, there's a lot of like whispers about like, is Marley Marl a dick? Right, right. <laughs> it's just like, um, I, I didn't really want to go there with I Ben because we don't know him like that. Right. But, like, And you know, Dave, you've done a bunch of interviews with these people and like, maybe that's not the right term but like, right, right. he was like, in control oh, right. volume one and two <laughs> of the whole nice, thing it's nice. his vision and right, obviously he's, right. a, he's a visionary producer and like one of the right. best of all time and like but is I, there like like you it, know what i'm saying it, right? it
2: definitely sounds like dude was a dick um and i actually maybe maybe more accurately would be protective like dude like they were uh, i mean the stories that i heard like say from biz and master ace um and even Cool G rap, they they would kick in in front of Marley's um, apartment mm-hmm. just to try to like go in, and Marley's right. like, "I live here with my sisters, like get the fuck out of here, right?" Th- that type of yeah, shit. like right. you know, beat it, kids, yeah, like beat it, kids. I'm fucking super producer Marley Marl, right? Know? Well, Which, I, I that I get, I I you know? feel like
0: um, no pop ins, no. yeah, no pop ins. <laughs> yeah. Got to call first. <laughs> it's like right. Roxanne right. Chanté, yes, yeah, you know. Biz, um no. I feel like uh, the for me, Marley Marl is. A pioneer absolutely i look at 100%. him as a pioneer his techniques were pioneering um i think it's not surprising that there was kind of a precipitous drop-off um, at a particular point um but you know again the idea of of chopping and creating these drum totally. breaks out of other things is used by everybody today like it's absolutely. such a, a universally respected technique you have to respect them on, on pioneer Absolutely. terms. Um, you know, I, I never was like, oh, this is one of my favorite producers. Like I I really? would never been like, oh my God, these these beats. It's more like I had to learn uh, about the technique behind it to you. appreciate it. I
2: hear you. Well maybe it's like uh, age as well, right? I mean. Sure. sure. Damon's would... older than us but doesn't like <laughs> the thing that came out before we were born. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty, but because
0: look No, I, Zed, I love Zed, his sound. Said G comes out with um uh, does the South Bronx, um, and I believe the bridge is over as mm-hmm. well.
1: It's it, again apocryphal. It's right. not. He's not credited as per, as producing it, but it's pretty much well right. known at well, that that
0: that he does these things. And I mean, the shits are hard. The like shits are hard. they they really, you know, the bridge is over right now. Will make me laugh at Queens. Like <laughs> I'm just like fuck. The shit still it still bangs. Right. And so I I definitely I respect architects and techniques. Absolutely that that. That were birthed. Um, well, he set the framework, you know what I mean? And isn't yeah.
2: there like lore that he also did a lot of uh, Eric B. Rakim stuff? Yes. Right? Like most of it, right? That right. Eric, like, like, well, holy shit. think about this.
1: Eric B is not a producer. Totally, so,
0: or a good teacher. Who he, made who he made the songs? Photo. Right, and totally. like
1: Rakim has been on a kind of the book tour. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, shout this, out to Rakim. This is oh, actually funny. I, I love my dad. As you guys know, there's been a few Bob stories on the podcast. On Saturday, we were hanging out. We were doing like a little cooking project, and he's like, "There's this guy, and he was on NPR." <laughs> his name's Rakeem. Yeah. Is, the, is that, is he, they said he was like really popular, but I've never heard him. Like, do yeah. you, do you like him? God damn and it. And I'm like, dad, he's the greatest rapper of all time. Like, <laughs> yes, I very much like him in terms of sales. No. And I give him like a 20 minute like nerd right. answer. And right. He's like, okay, and he's like, okay, okay, like, okay. okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, pass the prosciutto. I can't remember Stop if playing. I've ever
1: told this story on the podcast or not before, but like three Thanksgivings ago, it was the 2016 Thanksgiving. Cause I remember I was still really upset about the election. Um, he turns to me at thanksgiving dinner in front of 30 drunk italians and goes have you ever heard of the smiths wow (laughs) thanks dad yeah i've heard of the smiths i fucking love the smiths like how how long of an answer do you want on this at thanksgiving dinner in front of all these people (laughs) but like yeah i love the smiths like wow the 15 songs of theirs are like one of my favorite songs ever so i ended up uh telling my friend Amanda, who introduced me to the Smiths, that this was happening, and she came over to our side of the table, and we talked about the Smiths for like 10 minutes. <laughs> there was an intervention. And then like a yeah. year like a year <laughs> later, we, um, we did this thing where we had like a weekend in San Francisco with my parents, and we stayed in like the Phoenix Hotel, and like had this really cool time, and I made him a playlist, and while we were having drinks before we went out to dinner, I was like, okay, you wanted to know about the Smiths? Here's the smiths. Boom. So apparently at some
0: point I get to do it play Rakim. playlist. Yeah, totally. Rakim playlist. <laughs> he needs like, it. Dad, this is- Let the rhythm hit him, Bob. Our melody. Yeah. <laughs> nice. God nice. damn it. Um, I would be remiss in this conversation if I didn't shout out my nephew, Rakim. Just to give you an idea. Right, you know, right. I have a, named like, after? an eight-year-old nephew is wow. named after Rakim. Wow. That's so, dope, dude. So dope. to understand kind of the- There you go the the arc of his of his thing
1: um i was listening to the lcd sound system song losing my edge today mm. which is like a fucking amazing song it's probably the best song about dj culture being like a music scenester working in a record store and just like getting old mm. that i've ever heard it's mm. an amazing song but i it pisses me off he says Eric B and Rakim. Ah. It's like, if, if you're so deep on all this shit, you should know how to pronounce
0: Rakim's Ooh. name. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. That's Ooh. tough. Shout out, shout that's out to, to Rakim. I, I haven't, I haven't seen the book. I just hope it's a real book. I hope somebody can, you know, if it's, if it's, this is not a, like a fluff, you know, again, fourth that's grader right, right. kind of book report book. From what, from what I hear, it seems yeah. like it's a real book. Yeah, he's doing the full on tours. Yeah, so. I'll,
1: I'll take a look when. It, comes to the library or something okay. um i well my point about all that was though maybe rakim is spilling a little bit of it in the book because it seems mm. like it's been in the atmosphere a little bit about like who did what
2: right right yeah but yeah why would you
1: like so I- in my understanding of how this went down like um paid in full like exploded the world and maybe the world is just small at that hit point point because totally. hip-hop is not super okay. national yet but like wouldn't Marley Marl have publicly taken credit for it at some point? Totally. Did he sign an NDA? Like, totally. That's totally. why I don't understand all these stories. And we get into it a little bit in the interview where mm-hmm. nobody knows anything because right, nobody can right. remember anything right. and they all ha- everyone has an agenda. Right.
2: Well, it's kind of sure. like when you start a business, there's no rules. And things right. are just, right. I don't know, lack of a better term, willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. You know? and people
0: are just kind of doing shit. And, yeah. and I feel like it's who, great that that folks like Ben are going back and kind of 100. at least – getting the stories out because i'm here for the fucking legends i want to hear people argue about who did what who was properly credited who wasn't we'll never know the answers but i'm here for all i I love all the lore
1: about all this stuff and like um you know I'll take any opportunity to praise the Brian Coleman books oh my god of course literally called Rakim told me and it was repackaged as check the technique volume one and two he did all these interviews and he tells all these stories as well and this is kind of a continuation of that Um, Ben's book is in kind of the oral history format which I love books like that like just easily digestible chunks and letting the performers speak for themselves and he does write in some of the there is narrative as well that he wrote but I'm going to read the shit out of right. this book. Shout, yeah, out, so, shout out to Ben. This
2: is yeah. the type of stuff that we're into yes. that I think deserves more attention. You
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. And and I like that we have a, a spot. There isn't... Well, maybe there's a couple, but there aren't too many more podcasts that are perfectly suited for right. the type of content that Ben is pushing. So I'm glad right. we were able to get him on. Um. So let's... We'll let the people hear it. Uh, just remember that the book going off uh, the story of the Juice Crew and Cold Chillin' Records is... Dropping on November 4th, um, Fifth. And 5th, and you can uh, pre order that shit on Amazon. And of course, we are the Deb by Rap Pod. So, you know, since we started doing this podcast, you know, we've gotten a little notoriety around town, and, and sometimes people ask, Who's your media designer? Well, My Media Designer is My Media Designer. Uh, This is a new podcast sponsor that we have here. Um, And they are a full-service boutique uh, media marketing outlet, right? What, What kind of services can you get from My Media Designer?
1: Websites with responsive design that track down to mobile, logo design, social media, branding. They just kind of cover it all for marketing. Um, they're really genuine stand-up guys, and they're down to like spread positivity right. and um, good vibes throughout our local area and through your local area. And um, they are sponsors of this show, which means they have really good taste in rap music and uh, obviously in podcasts.
0: Absolutely, and we're we're proud to uh, to have them be our really our first sponsor and yeah they're just really trying to spread peace and positivity in the world which we're definitely all about takashi episode notwithstanding <laughs> um so yeah definitely shout out to to my media designer we encourage all of the folks i know there's a lot of kind of entrepreneur indie cats who mess with this program uh definitely check them out so your website isn't trash that's our ref hunt. Dad bod, rap pod, we have another dope guest on the program, author Ben Merlis. His book that's coming out real soon, on Nate's birthday, in fact, is called Going Off, the Story of the Juice Crew and Cold Chillin' Records. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Where are you at right now?
4: Los Angeles, California.
0: L.A. Okay. Okay. Uh, is it on fire? Are we good?
4: it <laughs> <laughs> what? Is it on Is it fire? on fire? Uh, I don't, well, where I'm sitting right now, it's not on fire. So that's good. I I love that about
0: LA people is you'll see a fire on TV and they'll be like, Oh no, that's West Hollywood. That's not, (laughs) yeah,
4: it's a really big place. So you, you'll smell it in the air and then you turn on the news, you go, Oh wow, that's like 5,000 acres, but that's like 15 miles north of me. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Awesome. So the, the book is coming out and what I, what I liked when I read the press release is like, I feel like real journalism on this time period is lacking. There's like 22 million books about Jim Morrison, mm-hmm. but, you know, we have yet to get these type of stories. So thank you for doing this. And I guess my first question would be, who was the, the dopest interview? You interviewed a bunch of folks for this to kind of gather some oral, oral history. Who of that set was the most kind of interview that stood out for you?
4: uh probably either Big Daddy Kane or Master Ace mm-hmm. they just Big Daddy Kane you can tell he's he's a pro at doing interviews he's got answers mm-hmm. already queued up in his in his head mm-hmm. so and and both of them were very forthcoming you know you ask them anything they're going to answer it you know plainly and directly and honestly so those That's, guys were great but I've interviewed about 33 or so people for the book wow. between the rappers themselves, the DJs, the producers, the, the behind the scenes people, the people that worked for the label, the people who worked for Warner brothers records, who, um, um, cold Chillin was distributed by Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, um, and even kind of people that were from that era and, and scene, even though they weren't, didn't deal directly with the story, Mm -hmm. um, but knew, knew a lot of the other people I, I interviewed, um, for example, now that I say didn't deal directly, they did uh Tom Silverman from Tommy Boy Records uh. and Monica Lynch from tommy boy um, mm-hmm. actually, there was you know about In large records
1: yeah, it was a I, yeah.
4: mm-hmm. sub-label
1: I can sub uh, label of the twelve uh, inch sleeve in my head. who was on that um what um Ziggy
4: um, no, I don't think, think, think so m c shannon. Roxanne Shantae were okay. after cold. It basically it is cold chilling, mm-hmm. but not through Warner Brothers. Gotcha. And that was Tommy Boy distributed that, but that only lasted about a year or two. Okay. Um, but yeah, lots of it's it's I like to say I got the full story, but, you know, there's always <laughs> things that that could go in there that, that
0: the unauthorized cold chilling <laughs> uh,
1: on that note was there someone you really wanted to get and you couldn't you couldn't connect with or they refused for some reason to do it
4: uh Bismarcky says he's gonna write his own book so Ooh. be on the lookout for a Bismarcky E oh, uh man. autobiography wow. Wow. so he didn't want to talk a
1: crushing though right man
4: yeah wow. but uh that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Know, everyone has their reasons. No one owes me anything. So. <laughs> That's a good attitude. Hey, man. To yeah. um,
2: to, to point earlier, uh, sort of about the history and sort of the the dense context that you chose to tackle. What you know? What made you want to take that on?
4: Uh, I'm just a huge fan. I, my dad actually worked for Warner Brothers hmm. uh, from the '70s to the early 2000s. Okay. So that encompasses, of course, the '87 to '93 period that Cold Chillin' you know, operated through Warner. And so we got all those records in the mail before they even came out, wow. promo copies of cool, those man. records. Cool, so man. that, it kind of holds a special place in my heart. And I, and and like now that the dust is completely settled, looking back on that era, I really do think that Def Jam and Cold Chillin are really tied for first in terms of quality oh, wow. records. Um, I can't think of any other labels that, I mean, Tommy Boy's up there too, but I just think cold chilling. And then also in terms of influence, you have Cool G rap and Big Daddy Kane really, along with Rakim helped kind of change the way people rap. Mm -hmm. You have that kind of Curtis Blow cadence that before they, Mm -hmm. they come into the picture. And then these guys with the multi-syllabic flows totally changed that facet of, of hip hop. And then you have Marley Marl with creating samples thinking of samples the way no one else really did before him, mm-hmm. chopping up um, individual drum sounds and stuff like that. And then you have um, Roxanne Shantae, I want to say, and, and people, a lot of people I talked to said, Roxanne's Revenge couldn't be the first um, diss record but no one could think of anything right. that came before, before that and right. of course right. someone's right. going to do it now that the book's finished and printed right. and and then just like blow my whole theory out of the water that she kind of <laughs> helped invent the disc record. Right. But imagine a hip hop before the disc record. I mean that's right. like a big thing to this day. You have like Drake doing disc records.
3: Right right
2: right. right. So let alone and, a little um, female yeah. back back in the day
4: yeah so so
0: when when you look at like cold chillin's run there's obviously you just talked about some of the kind of musical contributions but there's also these kind of an aesthetic right because when you say cold chillin to a hip-hop fan i think we all see the record covers in our mind and kind of some of the photography does does your book kind of delve into into that at all
4: oh absolutely i I interviewed george Debose, who took Mm -hmm. probably about 95 percent of the um record cover photos for Cole chillin. And he's a great guy. He, um, he, he's actually, um, an army brat who, um, lived in New York from the seventies to the nineties, married a German woman lives in Germany now. And he's, he, he really wants me to go out to uh, Europe and and do some, some events with him out there. Mm -hmm. And he, he really, um, it's funny. He has kind of like, um, he will just come up with ideas like, okay, you're going to dress like mad scientists.
1: And then,
3: you
4: know, um,
1: right. Right. Now take the science. Okay. Now drop it.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Drop the science.
4: Right. Because he'd see he'd see the song title and he'd be like, okay, I have an idea in my mind of what, of what this should look like. And Mm. like a lot of them were literal interpretations of, of the, um, you know, song titles. And, and, um, he actually, I don't know, how much you care about music that isn't (laughs) hip-hop i care greatly about lots of music that isn't hip-hop and he he got his start doing record covers with the very first b-52s album cover which holds a special place in my heart i love i love the b-52s and he also did a lot of the ramones records he did in fact he did more he did every ramones record from 1983 till they broke up And, and and so it's, it's so unique when you get the, the hip hop punk rock crossover. Mm. Um, so, wow. That's, um,
0: th- so are there pictures in the book? Does the book come with, there's
4: a, yeah, section? there's a 16 page color photo spread in the middle of the book. Yes. And the, the way the book is written is it's partially, uh, you know, a narrative written by me and it's partial, partially an oral history. So you have direct quotes from a lot of the people I interviewed, um, you know threaded together to tell a a coherent story um so yeah i think it's a good i think if you're already a fan of that kind of thing you you you're not going to be able to put it down (laughs) and and even if you only have a tangential understanding of hip-hop it's still there's so many interesting characters that it'll be interesting to you regardless i'd like to think
1: for sure um Ben, how much did this book end up being about Marley Marl, given his central role in the Juice Crew, and then just kind of as the producer of so many of these iconic records?
4: I mean, I haven't done a page count, but we're really talking about the first probably two-thirds of the book, mm-hmm. because he ducks out in the, well, his, le- his he left kind of gradually. He, he was the staff producer for Cold Chillin' Records the first for the first two years mm-hmm. and then right around the beginning of probably about 1989 he quits and then because this entire time he's also producing stuff for other labels he's doing stuff for heavy d wow. um he's doing um, god what else is he doing because um, i'm thinking of the stuff he did before cold Chillin' existed as well but he he leaves and then um he still gets hired back kind of as a um an independent contractor to do the, mas- the first Master Ace album mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Marley Marlin Control Volume Two, uh, but you know then you get all these people trying to fill his shoes, and you can and so you have Easy Mo B working with Big Daddy Kane and um, and the Genius, because the Jizzas started on Cold Chillin' Records. That's the first record album ever by by a member of the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, that- and so um, you have all these people filling Marley Marl's shoes, and and it's really like it's it's sort of like he set the template for what hip hop records should sound like, hmm. kind of up through the '90s. I'd like to think till the end of time, because to me, a rap record should have scratching on it. It should have samples. It should have a beat, and it should have someone rapping over it. Like
3: right,
4: right. The the I think. Uh, DJ Premier is kind of the guy keeping that um, sort of uh, formula alive, right. and yeah. and and he traces his formula back to uh, "Nobody Beats the Biz," the second Biz Marquee mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um, single, which was produced by Marley Marl. So, so, if you listen to listen to that record and then and then think, "Oh yeah, this is this kind of sounds like everything DJ Premier did," <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: no, that's a that's a good point. Um, the the book also kind of covers. The Juice Crew, uh, which for those who aren't aware is one of the kind of early rap super posse groups, um, which the Symphony is is their yep. their uh their awesome. posse cut for the ages. Um I'm I'm wondering, like, when you were talking to the members and writing about this um, how how did they decide to, to get together? Was that like a record company thing? Were they were they peoples? Like how did how did the Juice Crew form?
4: So the the Juice Crew really meant um, anyone who Mister Magic decides is cool uh, and is part of his posse. So that's yeah. Mister Magic, and he was the um, he was the first hip-hop exclusively hip-hop yeah, um yeah. radio personality on commercial radio ever hmm. and, and so he was on whbi in new york which was uh, it's kind of like a pay by the hour um radio station and then he gets hired at to D- wbls and this is the rap attack show right. and, and so there's all any anyone who's hanging out with him and he, he can just say you're in the juice crew and so there were a mm-hmm. lot of people who who we're part of the first generation of hip hop who we don't think of as, you know, kind of have nothing to do with Cold Chillin'. That we don't think of as as Juice Crew, who were in the Juice Crew, and 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 it wasn't. It's not that cut and dry. Like I talked to Fly Ty who was the co-owner of Cold Chillin' Records, and he was also the producer of Rap Attack, and he just he he'd say, "Oh, the Fat Boys were honorary Juice Crew." I wanted like a <laughs> real clean answer, like who was in it. I just right. want to know who was in it. I want to, I want a firm count right. and it wasn't really like that. Uh, but then <laughs> but then from about Roxanne Shantae on what you have is Marley Marl pretty much producing everybody and kind of picking the talent too. Mm. And and um so all the people who you think of as the cold the the cold chillin roster of the 80s were mm. Marley picking that's why so many of them come from Queen, Queensbridge. That's where he's from you know uh Craig G was a 12 year old kid who lived in the same building as him so the people I'm sure that, that helped.
0: lived in his building i tell you <laughs> yeah. hip hop
4: history. A, right. right the 14 year old girl doing laundry right. you know mm-hmm. walking across the courtyard well that's Roxanne chante mm-hmm. right. and and mm-hmm. then it and then it becomes a thing where he gets such a name for himself that people start coming to him you know right. like bismarck East searches out um uh, marley marl and then But, you know, the Juice Crew really means, you know, if you're down with Mr. Magic and and where it gets blurry is Master Ace was, uh, he was down with Marley, but Mr. Magic and him never got along. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know what I mean? Well, Mr. Magic's no longer alive, but, but, but who, who's this? There's no one, they're very, almost no one would say Master Ace isn't isn't a member of the juice crew. Well, oh, I mean, 100%. of course he is.
0: The, the symphony kind of, right. you know, and in my opinion, he had the coldest verse on there, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it kind of, the symphony solidifies him. But then in this, in this rap opera, along comes Karis one, um, who kind of single-handedly drops a bomb on the, on the whole crew in the whole borough. Do, do you talk to him at all? Is that part of you, of your, your story? I talk.
4: I talked to K R S one in person but he never he never got back to me. Although I did talk <laughs> to Said G, who produced half of the um Criminal Minded album mm-hmm. by Boogie mm-hmm. Down Productions. Right. And said G also produced the Bridges Over, right. which that's kinda of the record that has the most um mythology around it because mm-hmm. there's this whole idea that, that um when Boogie Down Productions went to um the recording studio, I think it was power play to try to get Mr. Magic to, you know, play their music. Um, and Mr. Magic dissed them and they go out, they leave, and then they stay right South Bronx, you know, cause they're so pissed off, um, that a drum reel got stolen from the recording studio. And that's how you find the same drum sounds on, um, the bridge is over as you mm-hmm. do here on the, uh, the bridge. Um, Holy shit. but said, <laughs> G denies this. He says, oh, okay. I had an S I had an EMU systems, SB 12, you know, the predecessor to the sp 1200, like kind of the, the ultimate sampler of that era right. that, that people were using. He said, I had, you know, Marley Marl's not the only person who has a copy of "Impeach the President." I just sampled. It. <laughs> Obviously, we heard the record, yeah, and then we yeah. used the formula that we heard from the record, but right. we didn't physically steal a drum reel.
0: That's mm-hmm. a hotter story, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, yeah. That's some folklore.
4: There, yeah, and and that's that's talked about in the book because to this day, Marley Marl insists that a drum reel was stolen, mm-hmm. and, okay. and 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 um, I, I want to say that KRS-One. Claims that they just took um, the first Eric B. and Rakim single, which was produced by Marley Marl. That's where they grabbed the um, the drum sounds mm. oh, from yeah. that record. That's why it that's why it sounds so much like a Marley Marl production. Right,
1: uh, right. I, guess, I mean, if you're not able to really decipher because everyone's memory is a little bit suspect at this point, I guess no, we'll truly never know. Right. Like you did all the research, and you still do. <laughs> you have a definitive take on it or is it just kind of more in the realm of mythology in your opinion right
2: what's your theory
4: N- no there's there's it's yeah it's one of those things there's really no no way to ever know like jeff edgers at the washington post just wrote a book about run M C and aerosmith and how they did walk this way and mm-hmm. how influential that song was and that he tried to figure out who came up with the drum the uh the beat on the aerosmith record that had run dmc sampled and and even within the band Aerosmith, they can't agree on who came up with that.
3: Because you know, yeah, the
4: drummer says, I came up with there. it. Right? No. Like, I'm sure okay. they can't
0: remember a lot of shit. That well,
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sh- and also, yeah, years of hard drug abuse probably doesn't, doesn't help the memory very well.
3: <laughs>
4: wow, People okay. give me a hard time for not remembering things because I've never done a drug in my life. And it's like, I'm sorry. It's not, I can't remember everything.
1: Um, ben, did I read you worked at Aaron's Records?
4: I did. I worked at Aaron's Records from 2001 to 2006.
1: That, w- that was a great record store. Um my always my favorite spot when I visited LA. Can you just talk a little bit about your days as a record store clerk and like what you learned and like if anybody like did people come through? Did you have any interesting experiences with that?
4: Well, a lot of people came through uh Flying Lotus and um Peanut Butter Wolf and uh this guy Kutma and I worked with this guy Stanley Swinger, who's uh, known as Sacred, and 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 my friend Raymond, who ended who actually helped me um, uh, scan a lot of the record covers for the uh, book. Um, it was like one of these things where it was like kind of a terrible job. We hated our boss, the owner of Aaron's Records. but we loved being around music and learning about music. So it was kind of like a, uh, a bittersweet experience. And, and it's a, I don't know what would have happened if that record store hadn't gone out of business. Would I still be working there to this day? Like (laughs) that that wouldn't be good. (laughs) Just get so comfortable. And and I sometimes have dreams. I have these dreams that I haven't had it in a while, but now that I'm talking about it, I'm going to have it where Aaron's Records is back in business. It's at the same location, and I work there again. And it's always this really <laughs> eerie, borderline nightmare.
2: <laughs> hey Ben, I, I want to take this uh, full circle a bit. Can you tell us a little bit about your journalistic background and sort of you know how you got into it, and you know, and how that led to the book?
4: Am I allowed to swear?
0: You are. A fuck yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm a fucking nobody. Well, here's the deal. I do music publicity. That's my day job, mm. and and so I write a lot of press releases. Mm. But that's not really journalistic. Sure. I mean, I guess you could say it to some degree. It's but for uh, your money. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that's true. And I also write stuff for You Discover Music, which is Universal. Do you know this website, udiscover.com? dot com? It's like Universal mm-hmm. Music has their own oh, website. I know. Okay, well, I write a lot of old school hip hop stuff for that, wow. mm, and um, yeah. And um, so what really happened was this guy, Scott Balmar, who, who works for BMG, decided BMG should start a book division where we have, we have books about uh, music. Because BMG is, well, the ironic thing is BMG is like a 150-year-old German company that began as a <laughs> book publisher, but that wow. was 150 years ago. So now it's this record label publishing company. And, and so they say, okay, you're in charge of it. So this guy, Scott Bomar, is like, oh, great. Now I need to find a bunch of people to write books about music. And, and so he starts this this uh, series called the RPM Series, where each book is, is seven inches by seven inches, like a 45 record. And it's about, each book is about a different record label. And so he's already kind of like got four in the queue, and he's looking for more. And I meet him at a party, and I said... You know what? You should, have, you should have someone write a book about Cold Chillin' Records. And I had, kind of had to fill <laughs> him in on, I had to give him the Cliffs notes about Cold Chillin'. And then a few months later, I, I decide I'm going to have a meeting with this guy. And I just say to him, I'm going to write a book about Cold Chillin' Records. I'll be the guy. I can do it. And, and he, I think he basically made up his mind before I even left like, okay, yes. But he told me yes, like five days later,
3: and I was like, <laughs>
4: I was like, Jesus! Now I have to write a book. I've never done anything like this before. But I've interviewed people for you know punk zines and stuff, in the, in, uh, you know, fifteen years ago and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm re- This is this is my first book.
3: Wow!
4: And yeah, thanks, um, man. Yeah, thanks so and and peanut butter wolf wrote the foreword Mm -hmm. so he's a he's a san jose hero right
2: yeah 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 it's a friend of ours yeah Yeah.
4: okay well i i
0: look forward to checking this out when does the book drop where can people get it
4: well it drops on november 5th Mm -hmm. but but just before that on november 1st um, in los angeles um, we're going to do a book signing. It's going to be at Artform Studio, which Adrian Young owns, mm-hmm. and it's next that which is in Highland Park, right next to Stone's Throw, and it's going to be Peanut Butter Wolf, Cut Chemist, me, and we're flying Marley mall out, so Marley Mall is going to be there. I
2: heard. Yeah, like that. that sounds nuts, man. That's dope,
4: dude. So, any anyone in LA, okay. should come to that, and November it's that's at November November seven thirty. November first at seven thirty.
0: Okay, okay,
4: and and. and and then uh, and then november 14th uh, um is going to be at uh powerhouse arena in brooklyn it's going to be a book signing with me and master ace dope.
0: Damn. dope man damn living the dream my friend <laughs>
4: i know <laughs> living it's the dream. it's like a whole i got to tell you it's surreal like there were there have been a lot of surreal moments like getting on the phone with tj swan like mm-hmm. it, it like these are people i never thought i'd uh, have anything to do with or communicate with, and and you know, being on the phone with Marley Marl or Big Daddy Kane, it was it's it's very strange.
0: <laughs> well, we uh again just want to congratulate you on the book, uh, coming out LA Los Angelinos and, and New Yorkers. Look out for the the book events. Uh, Ben will sign your breasts if you
4: come. <laughs> uh, he's That's promised. right, I'll sign anything. Yes, uh, and, and you can buy the book on Amazon now, you can pre order it now Everybody.
0: jeff bezos got that work for y'all so
4: yeah totally <laughs>
0: so definitely go check that out and yeah we, we thank you for coming on the podcast man and
4: i gotta ask ask who is the doug stanhope of rap
0: <laughs> Oh <Holy laughs> shit who is the doug stanhope of rap lord like jamar a, a <laughs> rapper, <right? laughs> it's lord jamar so it to it's be lord jamar yeah it's gotta be lord jamar. it's got that's that's my my by stream of consciousness, but we're still working on that's Mitch funny. Hedberg from last week. So <laughs> Doug we, Jamar, we
2: uh, you're,
4: you're, you're looking for a guy who wears a plaid suit that's two sizes too big and, and chain <laughs> smokes, right? With a cocktail in the other hand.
0: Oh my goodness, that's hilarious! We, we gotta have you back on. Um Thanks a lot. Yeah, and, I'd love to. And we will look out for the book for sure, man.
3: Thanks. All right, peace, Ben. Peace.